Hi, you're listening to Cross Cultures Podcast. A podcast telling stories from our 17 partner countries across the world. Stories that are told by colleagues and volunteers about their backgrounds, dreams and experiences with being part of Cross Cultures Unique Network. My name is Sophie, and I'm sitting at the House of Sports, just outside of Copenhagen, with founder and former football player, Anas. I dragged him out here to talk about reconciliation, football, and cross-cultures. First, Anas, um, I called you director and former football player and founder. How would you describe yourself? Wow. As a dedicated person. Uh, as a dedicated person, yes. And as a dedicated person, how is your daily routine? What is your What did you do this morning? Oh, I woke up, and together with my wife, we went out jogging. Uh, in Denmark, we were running seven and a half kilometers, and then I went home, had my breakfast. And then I went to the office. And the office is uh, in the House of Sports in Brøndby. Does this has any uh, meaning or how do you feel about this office? Is it, uh, is it a nice place to work? No, yes, it has a lot of meaning to me uh, if I go back uh, because I also have a history and I had a vision of the open front football schools and of cross cultures and that was actually that I served UN as head of UNHCR the High Commissioner for Refugees during the war in Bosnia but also in Iraq northern Iraq and I was part of this humanitarian actions uh, but as a former football player and as former coach and as a As boy, I was raised in a football club with all my friends and all these things. I thought that when we are working in post-conflicting areas, um, sport have so many very, very good tools they can put in action in these situations. Such as? And now, yeah, but therefore I wanted to see if I could try to make an initiative that was trying to bridge the gap in between the humanitarian organizations on one hand and the sports organizations on the other hand. Meaning that, that sport is two things. One thing is uh, about organizing, playing matches and all these things. And that's not what is up to me. But then you have all the pedagogy, all the meaning, all the, the issues about volunteerism. This, that what we do in sport is that we bring people together And we form a future together. We do an activity we like together. Mm. And these these basics, I think, is one of the strongest tools I know in post-conflict situations. And as a former football player, I can imagine that uh, your experience playing football and working in the UN 
is what brought um, you this vision or uh, this sense of understanding of how football works in two different levels, as you just said? Absolutely, yeah. And then what would you say, is is that the greatest um, tool that you bring into work or what's your what's the best quality that you bring into work here at the house of sports no but if if you look at myself i mean if i'm so honest i mean humble <laughs> to start with myself when i was a boy uh, i was doing a lot of different sports but where i was most affiliated was in our local community football club after school hours we all met in our cantina in our restaurant we were playing cards together we were just sitting having fun together and it was a little community football club but we had both boys and girls and we were playing together in the club then we were going out training and after training we were going back to the clubhouse and we were sitting having fun again and laughing and have had a soft drink or yeah. uh, biscuits and then That's the way it has been. I have grown up. I have been raised in football. And one thing was a game that was funny and the, all these things. But the other thing was actually the life in the club. And if I look at my friends today or people I know today, I, I would say, where, where do I learn? Where, where do I know them from? Yeah, these are people I have played together with or played against with whom I have something in common. And that was not just people of my own but it uh, was also people who i would not usually be together with but this environment this of being young to have these young people to be there with the first girlfriends uh, we had we went on travels uh, you won together you lost together yeah yeah of course but but we were together and and we we created bonds together and we still recall each other and if we meet on the street we say hi and we we are not maybe not friends today but we we have put faces on each other and we have something together mm. a history together mm. and i think this is the way this is what football had given me a social network a social belonging yeah. a belonging together with my friends uh, together with the game which is fascinating it's a it's a game and all the good things i can tell about this sports and sports philosophy of, of what good is of what quality of sports but but from the social perspective is i've been raised that and if you come into a war situation or a post-war situation uh, where i learned uh, the main issue is i came uh, first i was in iraq but then i came to bosnia and i i came to bosnia before the war started i was what in year the, uh, 92 spring 92 and i was in sarajevo the day the war broke out mm. uh, and i was sitting in there uh, and i lived inside bosnia when the whole situation escalated from nothing yeah to at that time the biggest emergency we have seen Uh, and I saw what is, and I on my I also felt on my own body what is war doing to people. How does it affect our lives? How does it? Yeah. Uh, what you know in the beginning? In the beginning was we, 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 I learned, for instance, that the war in Bosnia we had 
was not a war, conventional war, uh, where which I met in the northern Iraq, where you have two uh, armies standing mm. along a front line fighting against each other. Mm. But but the war we had in the Balkans was this ethnic war, or the war we learned to know as ethnic cleansing. And yeah. it was not a war that was fought on the front line, but it was a war that was fought behind the front lines, with means we uh, and and uh, about harassments and all these things. And that means in the beginning of the war when we came in, uh, first thing was that if a Croat soldier took a Muslim soldier mm. or Serb soldier, he he cut off one finger because he could not salute him correctly without yeah. his thumb. Opposite, the Serb cut his long finger because then he could not s- salute mm. uh, in, in, the, in the Croatian way. Yeah. Then it became common that you cut one ear, then the other side cut two ears, then you cut the tongue, at last you, then you rape a woman and all these things. And what you did these things, this hate and fear and how violence came into people. You became afraid pulled down your curtains, uh, you were afraid that there were curfew, you could not go out, you pulled down the curtains. And for instance, if if, if the neighbor, the daughter of the neighbor were raped or uh, something like that, what would you do as a man? You would, of course, tell your wife and daughter to go out, to leave the area, mm. uh, so they were safe. And in this way, the ethnic cleansing had been that if you did not have the right ethnic na- uh, nationality or belonging, you would be harassed, you would be uh, maybe taken hostage or put to jail, you will be forced to give away your house, to take sm- two small bags, and all these things, how this war came into to the... And of course, this creates a lot of hate, a lot of fear. Mm. I used to call it nationally war psychosis. And in this context, what I learned was that there is one thing for me in the Balkans that were more important in our emergency, that we were bringing food and medicine and water and shelter to the refugees. And that was actually that people could communicate, Yeah. that they could go on the roads, that they could move on the road, they could get down the road and see how were things down the road. That there was some movement in the situation that they were not surrounded and and besieged mm. and was sitting inside uh, inside the, their enclaves. Yeah. Listen to the stories. I mean, we got a story out, terrible story within these refugees that uh, some soldiers were feeding pigs with remnants mm. from from human beings etc etc and these things was what was blowing up yeah all the time so for me if you want to make peace of course when the peace was made no that was to say when we organized our emergency mm. and this got, was when you were in the UN yeah, yeah. And w- when we when we organized our emergency we got UN troops on our mandate yeah so I was a kind of civilian general for them mm. Uh, then the idea was that they should cross as many front lines as they possible could. Because every time we crossed a front line, 
we could go out and negotiate a little ceasefire. The drivers of our convoys could come to the front line. They could bring some cigarettes, uh, some vodka. Maybe they could have have some letters from families from the other side and they could bring yeah. histories what happened down there so it was how to to seize the tensions in that area and of course when the war stops all these feelings all these things we have all witnessed on our own body uh, maybe the politicians have made a ceasefire but this war the memories still belong in our heads, in our hearts, in our mm. minds. I know exactly where I was shot at, where I was taken hostage. Uh, and and uh, I mean, first time I came back to the town on Vitas, I was so afraid to get there. So I didn't dare to go back to Vitas. I, no. I borrowed a car uh, and I took a cap and sunglasses on and I was driving. First day, I just had to go slowly by uh, through the town to see how what the town looks like. Yeah. And it's all these feelings... Mm. How can you bring people together? And that is where sports come in. I, especially where, where sports for all is coming in. Because if you want to make peace, if you want people to reconcile, uh, we saw one approach which I disagreed so much to. Mm. <laughs> I, I thought it was counterproductive and it was not productive at all. Yeah. And that was because we had uh, the uh, Truce Commission in South mm -hmm. Africa mm. after the uh, apartheid. Apartheid, yeah. And what was and I, that I think that was fantastic in the mm. beginning. It was very, very well done, and all these things, and it was very good in South Africa. Yeah. That that the black offer met the white offender. Mm in the truth commission and there the offender had to listen to the offer and say you did this to me you betrayed me this way you so and so and so and the offender had to tell how she or he experienced it the suppression and at the end of the day the offender had to say okay i hear i did wrong i apologize And that was a part of reconciliation where we said, okay, we are looking back to reconcile our past. Yeah, and giving the and offer say, a chance to, to, to describe what he as an individual went through. Yeah, and to, 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 for the offer to tell the offender, what did you do to me? Now you're uh, anger and you have to apologize mm. and if i say okay i take you apologize apologize i forgive okay then they said you were reconciled but the problem in this process was that it's not enough just to look back in the balkans no no also in south africa okay in this whole reconciliation approach because reconciliation is also how can we create a new life together yes so you don't just look back Because if you're looking back and you talk about it, you take the old conflicts and you project them and you bring them in. But you also have to look into the future and say, how can we create a future together? I think personally that is where the sports and the children comes in. Mm. Because what you can do is, uh, I got my own children. Yeah. And for me, 
there's one thing on earth that is the most important thing for me, and that's my family, my children, and my wife, Tina. Whatever they do, if they succeed or not, I only wish my family to be happy. So therefore I thought, okay, on one hand, we have to take children, and then we have to say, how can we give something good to our children? Yeah. On the other hand, then it happened that my son, my oldest son, when I was in Denmark, I came out of Bosnia, and I was uh, tired, and I was uh, sad of myself, and all the things I have experienced, and I had yeah. difficulties to find my, my feet again after yeah. this experience. And one day I came home from work, at that time, I was consultant uh, in a in a private consultancy. And Mass, he said to me, "Dad, come here and see what I can have learned today." Mm. And we went into his room. We had a big mattress in front of the wall. He threw off the ball, and he made the most beautiful bicycle cake I've ever seen. <laughs> and I shouted and cheered him. He was nine years old. Mm. And I said, Mass. How come, where did you learn that? Oh, he said, I learned it at football school today. <laughs> and the next morning, and I've done that only once in my lifetime. Yeah. I called my employer and said, <coughs> I'm sorry, I'm sick today. <laughs> and then I took my bike and I went out to see Mass at his football school to see what that was. Yeah. And here I saw the most beautiful thing. Because it was the summer football schools of the Danish summer mm. football schools. It was an activity and in the summer And it's every holiday. day for a, uh, for a week, right? Yeah, it's every day for a week. It's in the summer day, a summer holiday when the parents is at work, when the schools are closed, uh, etc. And the children is at home. And they have made these summer schools of fun football as a promotion activity. And what did I see? I saw boys and girls playing together. I saw black and white, I saw big and small, I saw trained and untrained. And the most important thing was I saw one of the coaches whom I knew very well from my club, mm. and he was not very smart. He was a man who was organizing our water bottles when we were players, playing and coming to the locker room with the water and the clothes, and he was, he was not always the smartest boy. Yeah. I would never ever give any of my children to him to be coached by him, trained by him. And then I saw him doing the best, most wonderful training with the kids, better than what I see in my club yeah. every day. And yeah. there I thought, my goodness, if they can play black and white and, and yellow and green and good and boys and girls, why don't we try to bring that to Bosnia in this post-war war setting? Why don't we try to take it and locate a football school on the front line, literally? Mm. Then I counted how many children can we be on one pitch. Yeah. And I thought, okay, made a system so we could be 192 or 200 kids in one pitch. And made a system for that. And we took 100 kids from one side and 100 kids from the other side, mixed them into each other. Gave them the same T-shirt so you could not see who was Serb or who was Croat or who was Muslim. Mm. And then I also knew that I could not speak the language, so I needed to educate a lot of young coaches. So I made a seminar and began to do coach seminars. So did that and seminar take 
inspiration from what you had seen the water boy how he organized the training or was it no no it was in the beginning was just but the main thing issue here i'll come back to that but the main issue here uh, that was that those young men who came in to be the coaches mm. if you were man above 25 or about yeah about 25 living in bosnia in 98 you would have been drafted during the war and that means these men have literally been laying on each side on the same front line shooting at each other during the war yeah literally they fought each other during the war mm. and suddenly we realized that if we came in and say now we do football for our kids how can we as adults and fathers what can we do to create the best possible environment for our kids how can we do that then we saw that the former combatants who shot at each other were suddenly working together to create football for the kids together the focus was on the kids because the focus was on the kids they were on, the, on the football yeah yeah and they accepted that idea the other thing what was important when we came in if you want people to bring people together if you for instance like we did in 99 went to srebrenica that was the first time after the war muslims were muslim children were in srebrenica it's the worst place in europe after where is it located world, uh, bosnia after mm. second world war there was a genocide of mm. eight thousand nine maybe eight or nine thousand men uh, they were besieged it, it is the biggest uh, genocide in europe after second world war okay and we took in 48 muslim children who lived besieged in that area yeah. 16 of them lost their fathers in the genocide if you ask their mothers uh, can we please borrow your son one day mm. to go with us and play in srebrenica there was two things first of all the activity must be so good and funny Mm. and enjoyable that the child would cry if he was not allowed to attend mm. but the other thing was it had to be so well organized and precise in its organization mm. that the mothers and fathers felt confident that we took their children from Bogosia or wherever and drove them to Srebrenica and back again on this territory where they have all their worst memories from the war where they have lost their fathers and all these things. So therefore we had this very, very, very basic assumption, football must be fun. It, 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 it's so simple. It's simple. It's exactly. so simple. What happened then was when we started in Bosnia, there were only 16 football clubs at that time that were organizing football for kids. Only 16 clubs in the whole country. You had former Yugoslavia, Bosnia, Serbia, Croatia, Macedonia. I must say, I have never ever in my entire life met a such a strong sports and football culture. Much stronger, much more competent, much better organized than we are here in Denmark. I mean, it, it cannot be compared. Mm. But the situation was that there were hundreds of men who could not become coaches because there were no teams 
Yeah. Or because the former national, uh, assistant national team coach of Yugoslavia, Radio Matic, he was ethnic Serb, married to a Muslim, living on the Muslim side in Sarajevo during the war. Mm. When the war was over, he went to the Yugoslav Football Federation or the Serbian Football Federation and said, here I am, now I should be the national coach again. They said, no, no, my friend, you stayed, you lived the wrong place. And when he went to the Muslim Football Federation and said, yes, Adi, we know you, but it's too early for you. He could not get any job. Mm. And therefore, the only football project there was in the country at that time came to the country was us. Yeah, and that's uh, where cross cultures started. Yeah, and I was kicked out from the pitch. I thought I had all the visions and all these things. Yeah. But they kicked me out and said, no, you come with the organization, my friend, but we take on the idea that football must be fun. And that is where the concept of football is coming in. You ask, what are you training? How do you come in with the training? No, the, the task was, if we want to bring people together, if we want to use this to create the best possible environment for our kids, what is the best possible environment? And I did not have the answer. No. I had the question. What are the core values we would like to give? I did not have the answer. I, gave, I brought the question. And I don't have four. If they say love, it's love. If they say uh, 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 commitment, it's commitment or dedication or whatever it is. And and that means we build it up that maybe I brought the idea, the basic, very basic idea. At least I was the one who brought the money mm. because I fundraised the money mm. and I put it into system together with my good friend Esko in Bosnia mm. uh, and, and, and best best friend of all and, and, and strongest colleague in this. And he was not the opposite. And I, our vision was exactly the same, how this could work. But where I'm a man on ideas and I want to go to this way and this mm. way, then Esco was this man who nailed it down and said, okay, so we organize this, we do like this, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, boom. he put and, it into reality. And that is the whole basic thing that maybe the football school there was football schools in Denmark they were inspired from Holland yeah but these open fund football schools they are built in post-war situations in the Balkans with a purpose to bring people together and it's built by the participants by the coaches themselves I have never put up and say you have to do this and this and that but I have asked question what is the best possible environment What are the core values? Uh, what does it mean for us to that we have child in the center? Who have in the interest that we are play organizing football? Not parents, the schools, the municipalities. What are their interests? What, how can they contribute, etc., etc. Mm. And this of building this community. This we became a big family and, and yeah. it's fantastic because we went to the places that were I mean the most troublesome front lines in Bosnia you had the mm. toughest front lines also after post-war who knocked in the door there yeah it was us you can go to those places with this concept because it's for children it's fun it's our future and it's football and I think this is a whole basic idea and 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 what what is so funny for me and inspiring for me is to see now we do it in South Sudan mm. it's 
they have just come out of conflict a year ago. Yeah. Still, you have a lot of riot, local rioters, etc., etc. But you are just come out of conflict. And you know what? It's the same. If I do these seminars and ask what is a good children's environment, they would answer the almost the same. They are spot on. Yeah. In this conflict terms, in this reconciliation terms, they know exactly what they want and what how they want to use it, mm. and they use it for the same purpose. Mm. But what is more interesting is to say when you have mobilized all these people, and they do football scores. Then they start form their life together. They say, okay, but if we do this, then we would also like to do that. Yeah, they can. You give them the tools to imagine that. Yeah, or you could say, for instance, if you go to uh, Morocco, if you go to Tunisia, or you can go to Jordan. There you have a situation after the Arab Spring, where you had the revolution, where the young people they said, we are disenfranchised we nobody listened to us we have no access to education we have no access to jobs after education we have no economy so they are put on hold they are waiting and they see that politics is something which happens in the capital about old men full of corruption mm. so you can say if you but if we start doing these football schools together And you try to to ask them to say what is important for you when you do these things. Then they build up something together, and suddenly they become friends or community, and they learn. Oh, it was funny. It was good to do this together. And then we ask them, okay, but are there other things? What can we do if we involve municipalities and parents and uh, local sponsors or federations? What can we use this network for otherwise? Mm. And then you can start to make a youth platform mm. where young people meet each other and share notions and perspectives and take initiatives together, uh, which can bring them uh, maybe in job or at least give them uh, an anger in their local society, in their local community. That's one thing. Uh, you can you can go to East Europe, Ukraine, Moldova. Former communistic countries, they come into a process where they have to go from communistic to capitalistic societies with reforms, among others, police reforms. And these police reforms, you can say, we have to, where, for instance, if you go to Ukraine, police is usually seen as a force, but in Denmark we see police as a service. And if we speak about community policing, Then that is the soft policing where police is a service and it's a community police officer. Among their task is the protection of minorities. Yeah. They want local partnerships, etc. etc. Mm, inclusion. And if you want that, you can say, okay, but that's for me, or crime prevention and all these things. For that, to me, it's it's too important to leave with the police alone. Yeah. No, that has to happen with, with those who knows the children and the families for, mm. for in their daily life. Yeah. Who is that? Schools know the families and the resources of the family. The football coach know them from the football pitch. Uh, the police may know them from the streets. There are other civil society organizations, etc., etc. And then you can say, okay, but if we use football schools to mobilize networks, 
So instead of having 12 football coaches being coaches at open fun football sc- schools, four of them could be police officers, four could be school teachers, and yeah. four could be, be parents. Par- par- yeah, parents or trainers and coaches. And then they could start learning each other and build a network and set up a meeting system where they meet regular basis and share notions and perspectives and discuss what can we do to create a better life or to safeguard our children in sports or other places. Yeah. And in this way, you could start open fun football schools as a platform to bring people together. And when you have brought them together and mobilized people in good activities, in activities we would all like to be in, and in pedagogic and methodologies, which is new for them. Mm. I mean, we have made our own and created our own methodology, which is always considered extremely extraordinary interesting for, for people, whoever, yeah. whoever hear about it. I was just sitting with one of the most famous Danish sports directors, mm. and he was surprised when he heard about it. Mm. Wow, he had never thought about this way of thinking. No. Uh, so, 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 this of building that up and then create this platform in the local community and hereafter go in and say okay but what can we use it for otherwise to build up the local communities that's the whole idea Mm. and my experience is also and that's lesson learned that the more you mix people ethnic groups men and women uh, from different nations the better it is yeah yeah, you can say Balkan. Let me come back because it was where mm. where we started, and I can speak a lot about Iraq, and I can speak a lot about yeah. the other countries also. But in Balkan, of course, time is going, and and now you see two generations in Balkans. Yeah. You see the war generations. Yeah, there are people who lived in the war, who have their experiences for the war who also know the former Yugoslavia and mm. the benefits and the inter-ethnicity and dream sometimes back and, and all mm. these things. But they know it and they have the war feeling. Mm. But then you also have the children who is the after-war generation. Yeah. They don't know the war. They don't know They have no, don't know about former Yugoslavia. They have raised, been raised in a nationalistic setting yeah. They have heard all the bad stories at home, at the desk, mm. about the, those from the other side of the street. And they don't play together in football club. They don't go to school together because they have different school systems, etc., etc. And of course, here we must do something. If you Can you imagine, in 2017, 62,000 young people mm. immigrated from Bosnia to Germany, Ireland, Sweden, first mm. of all. You know, same year, only 60,000 babies were born. Yeah. So there are more young people immigrating, leaving Bosnia because mm. they cannot see their future inside Bosnia, mm. going to other countries where they think they would be more happy. And I think this is the challenge we have. And it's the whole immigration because South Sudan, if you have a young South Sudanese, he would like to go to Europe yeah. because he cannot see who would care for them, who shall he trust after 42 years of war. It's the same in Tunisia. It's the same in Morocco. It's the same in Jordan. It's the same in Lebanon. It's the same in Iraq because they think it's better here, but also because the young persons does not feel that they are heard, 
that they have a platform somewhere to say or some, some, somewhere to speak off from. Yeah. Uh, so somewhere so, where they can build their future from. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and 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 there we have a researcher called Antonosov, mm. and he say that that we that resilience is a sense of cohesion. So the stronger the cohesion is, you're more resilient you are. Mm. And what is interesting about him is, mm. he said there are three things. That is that that the activities must be manageable comprehensible and meaningful okay but and thank you very much because meaningful mm. yes why are you volunteering because it gives meaning yeah it, it's comprehensible i can overview and i can manage it so mm. you have all these issues in the way you can organize team sports or club sports and so on and so forth and i think this is this is at least what drives me still and what i think is so fascinating yeah But how much you can do, how much you can organize with a little ball yeah, that goes in the right direction. And with a simple idea. That football has to be fun. Yeah. And football has to be for all. So and also, I'm not the one who have invented football. So I'm not the one who are going to tell you how to play football. <laughs> But if I can ask you the questions that gives you some good discussions together, So you can share and the idea. Listen, we had we uh, a Danish gymnasium came to to uh, Bosnia two years ago mm. and visited the Boston gymnasium. We connected them mm. and uh, as made a day with our workshops, Danish students and young people who played at the fun football schools 10 years ago. Mm. And we said, okay, we should not have money for it, but what they should do was they should do an interview with the Bosnian peers on how they re- remembered being on the football schools 10 years ago. Mm. And you should see the quotes. One quote was, we learned and realized that the Serbs were not the monsters we were taught them to be. Their culture was almost like ours. Yeah. So if I have not been at the football school, I would not have met any Serbs. These type of change histories is fantastic. So where, what does the future hold? What do you dream about doing for the next couple of years? Uh, my dream is that our network is vital. Yeah. I used to say, I mean, people always say it's me, often say it's me who is the driving force or the person, but I'm not mm. the one who is doing the football schools. We have had more than 86,000 volunteers. Mm. We have trained over 43,000 coaches on 60 hours or 80 hours seminars. My hope is that people take this on and transform it and change it into their program and go in any direction they want mm. with this as long as they stay with the basic principles that it's open for all. Yeah. It's to bring people together. Uh, and then my vision is to have fun. Yeah. I mean, uh, I enjoy so much to come out and be with friends across the world and see how they are living. Mm. and to play with them be, I, I feel privileged when I go out and, and see what crazy ideas they implement in, yeah, yeah. in the and youth I'm houses and, and I'm invited into do. I'm invited into their communities and into their homes and mm. and uh, 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 and for me you said before what is cross cultures yeah for me first the first thing cross cultures is not mm. that is arrogance yeah 
We are not arrogant. We do open fun football schools of one reason, and that reason is because we would like to do something with you. Yeah. Not for you. Yeah, exactly. But we want to be there together with you. Mm. And that's maybe you've, I don't know what, what the, if that was a hint you said before, but that at least my leadership approach, I'm here not to tell you what to do, but because I want to do something with you. Yeah. And therefore I cannot demand everything, but I can bring in the idea and say, how can we do this idea together? I'm sitting here in Brøndby now. Yeah. I'm not sitting in Ramsa or yeah. Irbit or Karak. No. Uh, uh, that is Ahmed or Khasem or, or, or Fala or whoever it is. Mm. It's their program. It's not my program. Mm. So I cannot demand how they should play out there. But I could give them an idea. I can bring them resources in terms of football and education. And then I can hope uh, that they are enthusiastic and, and they can carry on. Yeah. yeah. And for me, that's enough. Mm. Uh, that's a lot but that's enough <laughs> that is a lot yes so 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 this of supporting them to use sports to build their societies and build their communities i think it's mm. it's uh, it's a funny idea and you can move a lot with very small means yeah i think we'll uh, end on that note yeah. but uh, but thank you very much Uh, for telling your stories yeah very uh, it was very nice to hear and um, and I hope we will hear some again soon but for now thank you thank yourself (laughs) okay Jordan and Kosovo, Lebanon, Macedonia, Moldova, Srbia.